This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. Hey, I'm in Buford on the road with my new friend, Bill Scalia. Bill, we just enjoyed a nice little uh, longhorn meal in here. Great, great to get to know you today. Thank you very much. Bill, you are an inventor. I'm, I'm not, uh, but I love cool inventions and I love innovation. And you've got a couple projects going right now. You guys were down at the Pupil Transportation um, trade meeting last week when uh, the school buses were there. Tell me about this cool invention that you've got that purifies the air on a school bus. So basically, it consists of a filter and an ultraviolet light. And the filter is a fine particle filter that traps virus-sized particles. And then the ultraviolet light destroys and disintegrates the organic material. So what we can do is reduce the concentration of any contaminant in the air. This is a retrofit for air conditioning systems. And we also make it where you can just turn the fan on, like in the wintertime. But what happens is it circulates the air in the bus and removes any organic contaminant so i mean covid's going away i mean people aren't really thinking that much about that now are there other things that kids can contract uh, on a bus is it are they at risk yeah so organic material consists of allergens such as pet dander um, pollen mold bacteria and this air purification technology removes all of that so people with asthma problems asthma sufferers in the springtime, they'll feel better on the bus because it will remove the pollen and other allergens. It also, if they have the common cold, it'll reduce the spread of the common cold. It'll also uh, take away different types of smells like food smells and things like that. So if stuff gets spilled on the bus, it would make, or if someone gets sick on the bus, it would take that smell out of the air quicker. Sounds expensive. Sounds like, phew, I mean, 10000 20000 I mean, What does it cost to put this thing in? So basically it's $890 for a bus, $890, and that's installed, and it takes about 20 minutes to do the installation. So is that like per year? No, it's a one-time purchase, but we do offer a maintenance program where we come in twice a year and check the filters and make sure all the lights are working properly, and we can certify that that bus air purification system is working properly twice a year and we do that for $89 a year it's an optional service if you would like it you know I noticed that they had some electric buses down there Thomas built uh, Bluebird uh, E-Lion so I mean I can remember I don't think my bus when I was a boy was a diesel bus I think it was just a gas bus but you know when you're sitting there waiting for your bus to come up or you know you come up after school the buses are already there um, but there's a whole bunch of them and if it's cold the bus driver has the bus running and so down at ground level you've got all of these emissions and uh, I mean that's you know that's carbon monoxide I mean these EV buses are going to be really cool aren't they? 
Yeah, that's the next technology. I, I do some work with electric vehicles also. Um, crazy inventor, I've designed a, a new electric motor that will be more efficient and I do plan on using it in tow trucks and school buses and things of that size. I mean, y'all, you may think he's like a mad scientist. But, I mean, he's a scientist, but he's not mad. He's really he's really a cool guy. These LED bulbs that you've done, I mean, LEDs are the low-hanging fruit for energy efficiency, and you've got some specialized bulbs. Yeah, I've, so basically the life of an LED is based on the temperature that it runs at. The colder it runs, the longer it lasts. And traditional LED strips, there's nowhere for the heat to go, so they run around 60 degrees above ambient. I've invented a, an LED array board that removes the heat faster than the LED can make it, so the LEDs run at the ambient temperature. So if it's 70 degrees in the room, my LEDs will be at 71 degrees. So I have the only LED lights in the world that make no heat. They save up to 17% on your air conditioning bill, as well as 80% on your lighting bill. And because they run at such a cool temperature, They'll last for 15 or 20 years, so I provide a real 10-year warranty on my LED lights. Man, that is so cool. And now you are down working with the city of Atlanta near Piedmont Park at their wastewater facility where they're pulling all kind of plastics and everything out, and you are getting that thing back up. We won't call it code, but let's just say you're getting it back in operational order. And it was fascinating to me that you figured out something no one else could figure out that allowed you to work on it. Yeah, basically it's a giant wheel. It looks like a Ferris wheel and it spins very slow and it, it pulls the trash out of the water, the leaves and such. So what we're trying to do is sandblast and, and repaint it. But it's, it's like 27 feet in diameter. So trying to build a scaffolding on the inside of this Ferris wheel which allows you to move the wheel to paint different sections was a little tricky. So I designed this scaffolding, we call it the Scalia scaffolding now. And it's got wheels that sit on the axle and uh, the vertical supports hang on the hopper that collects the trash. So we can, uh, we have a basically an eight by eight deck that the workers can stand on while they're doing the sandblasting and painting. And we can move the wheel as they finish one section at a time. So it's kind of a fun project. That's incredible. I, I had a chance to work with some homeless people in Atlanta, and me and some buddies from United Consulting actually met together on a Friday morning, and we'll be featuring these guys in an upcoming segment, uh, some of the homeless guys and what they thought about my project. But we all, me and my buddies all brought a wad of $10 bills, contractor trash bags, contractor gloves, and an orange safety vest. And we asked the homeless, hey, you want to help us clean up this area? Because it looks like a pigsty around City Hall. The city never picks up their trash, it seems like. I had 19 homeless guys who said, hey, we'll help. And so they all scattered north, south, east, and west, 10 blocks, picked up a half a trailer load of trash, and each walked off with at least $10, some of them with up to $40. Wow, that's great. Hey, let me ask you about some of the other cool things that you're involved in. You and Greg, and I've had Greg on my show before, you and Greg are taking older classic cars and you're putting electric motors in these cars. And in the case of this 1955 Ford truck, you've got this solar 
device on the back that folds out almost like a set of airplane wings. Yeah, so the idea is we can collapse the uh, solar array so that you can drive and when you get to a good parking spot you can open it up and you've got basically three panels that stick two, one in the center and, and two on the outside and the idea is while you're parked in the parking lot you can be charging your batteries with the solar. Yeah, so you've got this this uh, cherry red truck that you're that you're working on uh, we won't disclose the solar developer that's doing it but he's a cool guy and i like him a lot he's been uh been in my clean energy road show so uh I, I hope to use this truck in a parade but greg greg has provided uh at, at the fourth of july parade that we just did greg provided this mg uh this electric that you guys did this little tiny mg how hard was that to do so that was pretty simple. It's basically a, a HPEV um, AC50 motor, and we used Tesla battery modules on it and hooked it directly up to the transmission. So it was a pretty simple conversion. Yeah, and then you've got that, that 72 Mercedes that we talked about. You've got that tow truck. And what are some of the plans in the future for doing electric conversions? Well, my goal is to develop an electric conversion factory where we can bring the conversion time down to about three or four days per vehicle. The vehicle would come in as a gas car. We would pull all of the internal combustion engine parts off and take the gas tank and exhaust out. And then it would roll into the next station and we would put in the motor and the batteries and we would have pre-made wiring harnesses that connect everything up so it goes very quickly. And we would like to do fleets of vehicles. If you do the same type of vehicle over and over again and you design a kit, you can get the conversion cost way down. I noticed out in California, I was out uh, near the South Bay, uh, near Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach, uh, that there was, in Santa Monica, there was a company out there taking old VW vans and converting them to electric. So I think they've kind of taken that, that model of having a kit and they're just doing a lot of them. Yeah, that's the. In order to get make it cost effective, you you have to have some mass production involved. If if every vehicle is a, a custom, I do a lot of custom work, and it's very time consuming and takes a very long. It's very expensive. What I would like to see is is get it down to a couple days and get the conversion costs cheap enough that it's cost effective to do it for fleet vehicles. Maybe even ground support equipment for the uh, airport, mail trucks, city trucks. There's a lot of pickup trucks that cities and counties use. And if we had a, a very uh, mechanized or automated process for doing the conversion, it would become cost effective. How can folks get in touch with you? Uh, they can send me an email at scaliajrbill at gmail.com or give me a call at 678-894-6301. Well, I hope to see you in some place like Peachtree Corners at a clean tech incubator, something like that. There are a lot of there not a lot of, but there are cities that are doing clean tech incubators, and I think you would be the perfect anchor guy. Savannah's doing one, Reed Delaney, down on the river, a clean tech incubator. I think you would be perfect in a place like that. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. It's great to meet you. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters.
Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. GasSouth believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, it's Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters in my mobile Nissan Leaf studio with a new professor at the University of Georgia Law School. You guys know I'm a triple dog, so I always love to give shout outs to our great schools around campus, including uh, our law school. So Dr. Adam Orford, uh, welcome to Athens, Georgia. Commissioner Eccles, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, wonderful meeting you today and uh, really excited to talk to you. I mean, there's not a lot of people that get here from Cal Berkeley. Um, I mean, we hear about it on the news. We laugh about it. We mock Cal Berkeley. Uh, you're not even wearing Birkenstock. So how did you get here? Uh, I suppose in the same way that folks think that Berkeley is a particular way and folks think that Georgia is a particular way, once you're there, uh, you realize that it's full of a lot of different people who think a lot of different things. It's a wonderful place to learn and to get in arguments with people. Uh, so I was there studying energy and environmental politics, uh, and I also happen to be a lawyer finished law school in 2006 and practiced for eight years. Uh, so when I was looking at what I was going to do next, I decided to put my uh, resume into the central hiring system. And it happened that UGA this year was hiring. I got a call in November. I was hired in January. And here I am. Dr. Orford, I'm seeing more and more local companies in Georgia begin to say, hey, how can we get real solar near our building, on our building, near our property. I mean, it used to be people were happy with certificates, but now they want the real thing. Is that is that something you saw in California, and is it just coming this way? That's an interesting question. I would say that people maybe don't know as much about the opportunities to uh, actually have solar on their own properties, or if they do know about them, they might not understand that you can also get those those credits that you're talking about. So my purpose is to train the next generation of attorneys here in the state of Georgia who are going to be able to advise people about their options on exactly what you're talking about. 
You know, just about every solar deal that I see made, especially these big ones, have attorneys involved. And and we've got some law firms in town that are just known for being able to handle this. I think about Arnold Golden and Gregory, one of our sponsors on our radio show. I think about Hall Booth Smith that represents uh, the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think about Thompson and Hine uh, with Greg Chafee. Uh, th- so more and more law firms here have these specialists who really make a difference in whether a company, one, gets a good contract, whether they even get the deal. And where and, and there's a lot of stuff, wh- whether it's decommissioning, what you're going to do with the material at the end. I mean, it's fraught with peril. So I think folks are realizing that not only is it good for the earth, good for society, but it's also good money, good business to look into how to use their resources, uh, make their energy clean, uh, and and attorneys are going to be able to understand how to assess those risks, how to advise folks who are interested in that uh, to both make money and do well by the environment. You know, you're driving a Chevy Bolt. Uh, I'm in a Nissan Leaf, and your dad was involved with uh, electric taxis in Alaska. I was in Montreal, and there's a company called Tio Taxi that was running about 100 Kia EV Souls. Um, they had four Teslas for the longer trips, but they had a really cool dispatch system that owned the double monitors in their dispatch office. You could see each of their cars and what their state of charge was so the dispatcher when the request came in on the app the dispatcher manually looked at which car could make it to the person and get them to their destination Uh, so it looked like the app was doing the work but it was manually driven so it was a little slower i've always said that that taxis and ride shares that are electric are fantastic for the electric car business because so many people have never ridden in one. And if you're driving a taxi cab or you're doing ride share, then eight, nine, ten people a day are going to get exposed to the electric car. So I was just telling you I have an old 1980s Mercedes that has been my project car for quite a while. I love cars. I can rebuild my own boat engine. I'm from Alaska. Uh, And I only got this electric car that I'm in now recently, and I got it because I was exposed to it, and I I said, wow, this is actually fun to drive. They take off off the line really fast. They don't top out too fast. That's okay for me because I like to drive the speed limit these days. Uh, But ultimately, by being exposed to the vehicle, I I found out how much fun it was. They're great to own. And what you're talking about with the information, I'm kind of an information junkie these days. I like to look at the way that it charges. I like to play around to save money. It costs, by the way, $5 to fill up my car uh, because the electricity is cheap at night when I plug it in. And I like to uh, uh, integrate that sort of information technology with the cool technology in the car, with my love of cars. I think they're a lot of fun, and it's just been something that I think has real potential to change the way that people travel. You know, here we're sitting uh, at my favorite Athens breakfast place, Strickland. So you guys have got to try the sausage if, if you've never been here. I had... Uh, Dr. Orford tried both the tenderloin and the sausage. By the way, how did you like that? They were both delicious. Thank you. We're in the shadow of Walton EMC's territory here. And Walton EMC has been the gold standard for community solar. They call it cooperative solar. They built out three different iterations of it. It's uh, it's filled up. People are excited about it. 
And I've often said to Georgia Power, look, if Walton can do this in a ruby red Republican territory, anybody should be able to do this. You participated for a little while on that before you went on the time of use rate, which we'll talk about in, in, in a minute. These type of programs expose people to solar before they maybe even think about getting it on on their roof. It's kind of like this, this riding in an electric electric car is kind of a a tutor to how it works community solar is kind of a tutor to how real solar works you know that's i never thought about it that way i i will say first of all i can't speak for how georgia power should do things because i've just gotten here and i'm learning still but i can i can say that working with walton I was learning about what they were doing and I was sharing it with the folks I know back at Berkeley who care about electricity and they were really excited to hear what was going on. This stuff is not happening in the rest of the country. It's actually getting innovated here in Georgia. So it was really cool for me to meet the folks at Walton and to learn what they were doing because they're developing a model that's really interesting and actually could be used in a lot of other places. So people should look at what Georgia is doing and learn from it. Uh, I can say as well that, you know, the, the fact that I can essentially save money and be uh, aware that all of the electricity that I'm using is coming from solar or a big chunk of it, I think that's great. It makes me feel good about the power that I'm using. Uh, and I think once people are exposed to that system and learn how they can participate, uh, they're going to want to do it. You're going to be teaching students uh, and, and re-standing up a, a department that's been dormant for a while. Tell us about that. Yes. So... You know, I uh, have been brought into the University of Georgia to be the environmental law professor and to teach renewable energy law and policy, which I believe is the first time that that's being done at the University of Georgia Law School. I'm not sure, maybe in the state of Georgia law, uh, in law schools in the state of Georgia. As far as what my you know hopes are for the program right now, certainly it's to get through my first year, successfully teach my classes and uh, not make any mistakes. But the school does not yet have any kind of a, an environmental or energy focused law clinic. So I'll be talking with the school about my hopes and dreams for that. And ultimately, it's about providing opportunities for folks who are interested in this industry or these industries to understand how they can make a difference and contribute by uh becoming attorneys who are who are supporting these industries. I will say also that probably the single most important thing that I can do personally for the environment, I think, is teach my students how they can help build wind farm solar panels and other renewable energy facilities, which is what I intend to do. I'm so excited about this and also your vision of taking students out on site and letting them get out of the classroom to be able to actually see things. And we have you know, we have so many things within 20 miles of where we're sitting. I think about the Athens-Clark County wastewater treatment plant with their with their their solar out there on that plant, tucked away where nobody sees it, uh, but it, it's there. Easy reach for your classroom. I think about Millage Avenue with the with basically the five different types of solar on the tilting you know, various tilting panels, you know, moving axis, stationary panels. That was self-built by Georgia Power as a classroom. I think about just down the road in Monroe in Walton County, where you get your power from, there is a, it looks like a moonshine still, but it makes 500-gallon batches of green diesel out of chicken grease and French fry oil and Whole Foods uses this fuel at their distribution center in their trucks. That's a fantastic use of, of resources. I think about the, the landfill gas just down 316 in 
uh, in Barrow County, an opportunity for students to see methane piped out of a landfill and used in trash trucks. I mean, there's so many opportunities, uh, and all of these things help us move forward in sustainability. So I've always liked about environment and energy work that there's a physical reality that you are handling and interacting with, as well as the more conceptual legal structures that you're working with as a lawyer. When I was working in New York, arranged uh, facilities tours of things like wastewater treatment plants and other uh, uh, items like that. When I was in Oregon, I did the same thing. And now here, I am really looking forward to learning what are the facilities, what are the, uh, what are the opportunities to show students what can be done. Well, it's great having you on Energy Matters. Best of luck. I can't wait to get in there and meet some of your students and see the impact you're going to have. Thank you for being on the show. Commissioner Eccles, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hey, stick around. I did a special project with the homeless in downtown Atlanta, giving them trash bags, gloves, and vests, and paying them $10 for every trash bag that they brought back to me. And I've got them on tape, and you're not going to believe what they say. Stick around. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. With gas prices hitting over $3 for the first time since 2014, isn't it time you consider a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid from BMVW Auto Sales? These plug-in hybrids will go 50 miles on electric charge, saving you precious money and time. Skip the line at the gas pumps and charge in your garage. See more at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. Hey, Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters. As promised, a very cool segment coming up for you about an experiment I did in downtown Atlanta. And we'll start with a guy who inspired me, which is Jerry, a homeless guy I met on Marietta Street. He's hard to kind of hear, so listen closely. And then I take what Jerry convinced me to do and did it, and then I've got interviews with folks afterwards. Hey, this is Tim Eccles on Energy Matters. I've got a new friend here on Marietta Street. What's your name, sir? Jerry. Jerry, I, I saw you. I, I, I walked from the aquarium to the Capitol. I work at the Capitol. I'm an elected official here in Georgia. And I noticed that you were picking up a chair. I mean, it's early in the morning. A plastic chair had blown over, and you just you just picked it up. Why did you do that good deed? In my heart. Oh, uh, man, we'll do it. Nobody else will pick it up, so I pick it up. You know, every day that I walk from the aquarium to the Capitol, I notice all the trash and how messy 
our city is. Does that bother you at all? Yeah. Well, I mean, hold up. I wonder, you know, I often think as I pass a lot of homeless people, uh, maybe they're sleeping, maybe they're sitting, maybe they're, maybe they're just talking with friends. You know, how could we involve the homeless in making our city more beautiful? I mean, how could you do that? Every guy can go to work. And that's Jerry. And following is a very cool trash pickup that me and some buddies did and the results that you'll hear. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. I'm with Luke here. We've organized a big trash pickup today. Luke is the first guy back, full bag here. Uh, a lot of my homeless friends are out picking up trash. They're bringing it back, uh, $10 uh, for the bag. Luke, what was the experience like today? Well, it was a great experience. Me, me being, a, I was a chef all over 20 years, 25 about 25 years. So being a cook, man, I'm used to hard work. So it was been a great experience, man, to clean up my city. I'm born and raised here. So uh, it wasn't no problem. I mean, God got me up around some, about five minutes after seven. So I went on and said, I'm going on and do it, man. You know what I'm saying? So Luke, where, anyway. Luke where were you a chef? Uh, I work for Marriott at the airport through the Olympics, and uh, I worked for Applebee's over about 12 years, and I used to uh, do catering and I bake cakes and stuff, but I've never been to culinary school. But. Yeah, so what's your favorite What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I have a variety. I'm more self-taught than what I learned in restaurants, but I like Italian, Asian, you know. Uh, my favorite cake is red velvet. I was born January the 6th, so I, baked my, I used to bake me a red velvet cake for my birthday. You know, when I go to New York, I love the red velvet cake. They, have, they like it up there, and there's a lot of it. So, Luke, with you being a chef, we ought to organize a little cookout down here on the street and have you do the cooking. Are you good on the grill? Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I'm great on the grill. I won't have no problem with that. Uh, you give me your information, and uh, I get back with you. They wanted me to uh, cook actually, actually, uh Evolution. You know where they have uh, somebody told me that they needed a cook over there, so I'm going to check that out. Yeah, Luke, let me ask you, because uh, I'm getting a little bit of criticism from people for, quote, exploiting homeless people uh, to pick up trash. Do you feel like I've taken advantage of you today? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, is there anything wrong with all the folks out on the street who are living out here and, and working out here and, and hanging out out here? Is there anything wrong with them taking pride in their street? No. It, it, I mean, cleanliness is uh, sanita sanitization and all that is. That's what I've been around, especially being in restaurants and health, uh, the health department and all that. I mean, cleanliness, you know, like taking a bath or riding a bike. It shouldn't be no problem you to pick your trash up and throw it away. Well, Luke, I want to thank you for helping us in our first ever community trash pickup here around the Capitol. And I hope you have a fantastic day. And let's do that cookout sometime out here, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Commissioner Eccles here. What's your name? Frederick Gates. Frederick, you've been out with Brian and some buddies. Y'all been gone a long time. Is there a lot of trash out there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A lot of trash. We got it real clean. And did you go to the Martyr Station or Five Points? Where were you at? Uh, Martyr Station. We're all around Martyr Station on both sides. How do you feel after doing this? I feel wonderful. You know, this is how to do where we live. You got to keep it clean. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep it clean. If you got something, throw it in the trash. That's all you got to do. You know, but we made it happen today. We worked together as a teamwork. We made it happen.
Thanks for being a part. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Thank you, sir. Hey, this is uh, Commissioner Eccles with another friend. What's your name? Eric. Tell me, how was this experience picking up trash this morning on this beautiful day? It sure didn't need a whole lot. Do you feel like, I mean, was it worth your time to help out for 30 minutes and pick it up? Yeah, because I wasn't doing nothing anyway. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for helping. You're welcome. Hey, Commissioner Eccles again with a friend. What's your name? Mike Scott. Mike, uh, this was a crazy project, <laughs> picking up trash. But, you know, I walk every day from the aquarium to the Capitol. I see all this trash. It just, I just go, man, we can do better than this, can't we? Oh, yes. I didn't realize there was so much trash. <laughs> I mean, it's trash everywhere, especially when you're trying to clean up Atlanta. Yeah. So you guys filled up a bag pretty heavy. Did you find all kind of weird stuff out there? Oh, yes, especially by Georgia State. Wait a second. Especially by Georgia State. Yeah. Uh, the homeless is everywhere and the trash is everywhere. And, you know, you don't see that when you're actually walking pass it, you ignore it, but when you got to pick it up, it's a lot of garbage. Yeah, what's your name, sir? Uh, Golden. Golden? How'd you get that name? My, I'm a junior. Okay, great. Well, how was your experience today, and do you feel like it was worth $10, what you did? Yeah, it gave me a flashback, because I've been to prison, and we used to do that on the, for, for the state of Georgia. Yeah, so uh, I, I, uh, that, that's 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 not a fun that's not a, that's not a fun memory. But no, but but it's done. It was, you, I did it. You you did it, and was it worth it? Yeah, you know, I, it was more than worth it because I got paid for it. I don't get nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's God says there's dignity in work. Nothing wrong with working, is it? Nothing wrong with working. Working is good for you. That's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. Y'all have a great weekend. And well, you, bless it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Hey, Commissioner Eccles here. What's your name? Rudy. Rudy. So, is this Bailey. a... Rudolph Bailey. Rudolph Bailey. Rudolph, is this a crazy idea what we did today? No, it was just doing something for the city. Do you feel good about it? Yeah. I definitely... Yeah. Were you surprised at how much trash is out there? Uh, a little bit, but I had to get it all because I had to get paid. Yeah, and you got 10 bucks for filling up yeah. that trash bag. Thanks for being a part. Thank you for being, having me with you. Hey, what's your name, sir? Shorty. Shorty. Uh, Shorty, um, I've got a little radio show here, and you can throw that one away if you want. Uh, Yes, sir. Shorty, how was this experience today? Uh, It was like, well, there was something you could say you was doing a little bit positive to help out. Instead of making trash, you clean up trash. That's, you know, I throw some down sometimes myself, don't pick it up. So and then if they don't want to see it, want to pick it up, and then they give you a little change to pick it up. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you know that the city's not paying you? It's my friends here paying out of our pocket? No, I didn't know that. But anyway, who's ever paying, it's a good cause. And uh, whatever helps to clean up the city is a good thing. Well, you know, I'm not a little bug, but I, I do say I have left bottles and stuff like that. So, you know, to give back, ain't nothing wrong with it. And to get a little bit income on the side helps a lot. Thank you, Shorty. You're welcome. Hey, sir, you helped today, didn't you? Did no, you know? Remember I told yeah. you I got a crack Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, I'm vaccinated if you want to take your mask off. Uh, and what's your name? Rick. Rick, how was this experience today? Tough. Wow, it is. It's hot. You're sweating. I'm sweating. Was it worth it? Did you get your $10 yet? Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was. No clean, no clean air. Thanks for helping. All right, you're welcome. Hey, Tim Eccles here with one of my uh, cohorts uh, as we've organized this. I mean, we've had this idea going, Jeff, for, man, a couple of months, and it's finally here. What is your feeling after working with all the homeless people today, picking up trash? How did, how did they receive it? So what I could tell you about homeless people is 
they are a lot harder working than people give them credit for. All they need is an opportunity to do some work, to earn some money, and they worked harder than me out here today. It's just something amazing. I never thought I would experience something like that. I mean, ideally, if it could be more than $10, but a lot of them are working 45 minutes, they're getting $10. I'm not getting anything but positive feedback. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe how many, um, they wanted to know when we were doing it again. They wanted to do this again. Like, I couldn't believe that. It was, I was skeptical about $10 at first, because I, I figured we'd probably have to do at least 20 but... Man, these these people are are hungry for uh, hungry for attention, and they're hungry for opportunity. That's all they really want is, is an opportunity. And if if this was a program that happened uh, biweekly, I mean, the city of Atlanta would have uh, they would have clean like probably about ten to twenty clean parcels surrounding the city hall here for. Um, for probably about three, four hundred dollars a month, I, I, it's just amazing the, the, what what could happen. You know, I, you told me you were kind of surprised at, at you were kind of surprised at how dirty City Hall was in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I, the state property was very clean. Um, I just couldn't believe like adjoining the City Hall, like how many parcels were like very littered. You know, it was it was it was surprising. I want to thank you for putting in your own money on this. I know you and the guys at United Consulting are out here today kind of supervising this, paying for it out of your own pocket. And uh, it's a great, a great deed that you've done today. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Tim, for this great idea. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, when I visited Columbia, they, they had people on every block cleaning up every morning. And they were paid a, a living wage, and I, I feel like that's something that, you know, the city of Atlanta, they, sh- they should have more people doing that. All right, Tim Eccles on the street here doing a homeless cleanup project. Got to love it. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles here for Marlin Gas Services. Marlin doesn't sell gasoline, propane, or even natural gas, but they do solve problems and difficult ones when traditional pipelines are shut down. Remember that contractor that pierced the pipe at the bottom of the Savannah River, terminating gas service to all of Hutchinson Island? Marlin was there. They trucked highly compressed gas over to the island, restoring gas service until the repair could be made. See more at MarlinGas.com. That's MarlinGas.com.
This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, Tim Eccles back for one more on the road segment. I'm in Casey Boyce's new car, this cool electric car. We're cruising around Decatur and it is so finely appointed. This is a, a Polestar? That's right, it's a, a 2021 Polestar 2. Why two? Where was one? Uh, the one was their super expensive sports coupe. Uh, it was about $150,000 and Tim, I just don't have that kind of change. Well, tell me if you don't mind, what is the, what was the value proposition for this car versus, say, a Tesla or something else? Yeah, look. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for Tesla um, and what they've done. And if you're into Tesla, that's great. I rented one, a Model 3, for a week, and it just didn't do it for me as someone who likes driving. So uh, I took a little bit of a risk on this and have been very, very happy with it. It drives very much like an older 3 Series BMW, uh, which is kind of right in the sweet spot for me. So you had uh, an i3, and I know your buddy at Escalant, he had a BMW too. What is it about you guys and BMWs? Uh, they're fun to drive. Uh, so the i3 was a lot of fun. It was kind of like a go-kart, um, but, you know, different drive than, uh, you know, an old 3 Series uh, for sure, but still a lot of fun. Um, you know, my, my colleague, Mike Devorney at Escalon, who we've had on the show before, raced an E36 M3, so that's like a mid-90s M3. Unfortunately, he got in a crash. Uh, someone rear-ended him on the track uh, a while back, and um, so he's looking for a new race car if anyone in California is listening and has one. Well, Casey, um, uh, as I look at this car, oh my goodness, he is really going fast. Whoo, man, I felt like I was on the screen machine at Six Flags when I was in seventh grade uh, on that one. I wasn't quite prepared uh, for that. So the acceleration, I mean, how does this compare to, say, a Tesla or a Corvette or something like that? Yeah, so zero to 60 in this car is uh, 4.1 seconds. So it's a little bit slower than the Tesla Model 3 performance, but it's plenty quick for anybody. So... I, I'm, I'm looking at a big screen here. It looks like it's got different things on it. It looks a little different than the, the Tesla screen. And uh, you, know, well, you know what I like about this car is it, it, it does seem to be appointed a little bit nicer than a Tesla. Less less plain. I guess a Tesla is kind of plain and, and, and feels a little bit... Uh, oh, here we go fast again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, okay. Regenerative braking, I guess? Oh, yeah. And what about the the appointment here? I mean, this is this has got Volvo DNA, right? Yeah. So this is a sub brand of Volvo. So it's definitely nicely appointed. Appointed inside materials are are really nice. Um, it's got a screen in front of the uh, the driver as a dashboard. So rather than having to look at the center screen uh, for all that information, um, you've got two screens uh, available. Um, so I, I just I like the design a lot better than what Tesla's done with the three. Again, you know they've done some unique stuff, but uh, I like this a lot better. You know, one of the things I remember about Volvo, and I've never owned one, but what I remember about, and I was in the car business, we owned a car auction, and then I was in the car business after college. Volvo customers were very loyal because of safety reasons. And t tell me about 
this car, does it have those safety features? It does. And by the way, I am not like a safety first buyer. Um, so that wasn't what drove me here. But yeah, they've adopted all of the, the Volvo safety tech from like the active safety features, um, you know, innovative crash uh, structures. Um, you know, it's got airbags on airbags. Um, so, you know, it is definitely designed to be a, a really safe ride. So, you know, I noticed the tires are very wide here. This 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 feels like a performance car where your i3 had those little tiny bicycle tires. Uh, how is that changing, I guess, the efficiency of the car? Yeah, so this is probably about, I don't know, 50% less efficient than the i3. Um, but it's got a much bigger battery than the i3 has. Uh, so the range is quite a bit longer. Um, in this car, kind of best case is about three miles per kilowatt hour, whereas in the i3 I was getting four, maybe five. Um, so, you know, definitely less efficient. It's a heavier car. Um, the, as you noted, the tires weren't aerodynamically um, kind of optimized. That was one of the things that I really liked about the i3 at the time that I first got it, right, is that batteries were really expensive uh, and, you know, that thus had to be pretty small. And so BMW engineered it to really eke every single mile out out of every single electron that was in there. Um, and with the bigger battery, um, yeah, efficiency helps, but it's not the paramount thing that it was back then in 2014 when I had the i3 or when I got the i3. So we're on the road with my co-host Casey Boyce in his Polestar 2, which is a sub company of Volvo. We're cruising around uh, Decatur. I've been wanting to get into one of these cars. Uh, Casey, you had to go out of state to get this thing, right? I did, yeah. So they are opening a dealership in the Atlanta area, supposedly sometime in the third quarter, so late summer, early fall. Um, but when I bought this, there were two dealerships in the country that uh, sold them, one out of New York, one out of California. Um, so I bought it from New York, and the first time that I laid eyes on it, let alone drove it, was when uh, the, the truck driver that delivered it uh, pulled it into my driveway. So, um, you know, I, I took a risk, like I said, uh, but uh, I've been really happy with it. You know, the other thing I remember about those Volvo cars is you could let that armrest down in the back, and they you could put your skis through there because I guess everybody in uh, Sweden where the cars were made, uh, you know, were skiers and they had those long, long skis. Uh, is this car made in Sweden and does it have the ski thing? So, yes, it's got the ski thing. Um, it's actually a hatchback, which I really like. Um, quite a bit more versatility for loading luggage and things like that, um, whereas the Model 3's got a, a normal trunk. Um, this car was designed in Sweden. It was actually manufactured in China, um, which, you know, that, that may give you a little pause. It gave me a little pause, but I haven't had any issues with it in terms of quality or anything like that. In terms of how this car is notably different than the i3 that you've been used to driving and your wife had also a volkswagen electric vehicle so is it mainly the performance or are there other quality things that you've noticed i mean i think the performance is a big difference the uh, added range is a huge deal for us as you said we we've had two electric cars for quite a while with a range of about you know 70 80 miles for each of them uh and you know that's been a little bit of a limit when we've had longer trips to go on so having a bigger battery and you know 230 250 miles of range uh has really made a huge difference in our ability to take those kinds of trips the Polestar, uh, I mean, if you had a warranty issue today, what would you do? 
Well, so there's kind of two things. One is they've got a mobile service program, so they you know could send someone out to take care of it. Um, worst case scenario, there have been some people that have had um, sort of larger issues uh, that aren't near a, a Polestar dealership, and Polestar has actually trucked it back to the dealership to take care of them. So they they recognize that it's not super convenient for people who don't live in New York or California. So they're they're taking care of people uh, accordingly, which is is certainly nice. But again, they should be opening a dealership here in the Atlanta area in the next couple of months. Um, They will take your car uh, to and from uh, the dealership for service anywhere within 150 miles range. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, I took a little bit of a risk on that as well, knowing that the Atlanta dealership was coming um, and, uh, you know, it should be okay. You know, as you think about these European cars that are being manufactured, you know, the Germans have been a little slow getting into it. Obviously, Volvo was a a little bit slow uh, getting, getting into the EV uh, lineup. Uh, we saw the Super Bowl commercial with uh, the Cadillac thing in the Norway. Um, do you anticipate that you know that these European manufacturers will eventually surpass Tesla in quality, uh, or do you feel like Tesla is just going to get better and better and remain the number one EV in America? Yeah, it's interesting looking at Norway because that's where you've got the most mature market in the world. In April, 60% of new cars sold in Norway were electric. And there, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, their new electric SUV, actually outsold uh, the Tesla Model 3 by a pretty wide margin. So I do think that um, you know Tesla's got some work to do on quality and features um, if it wants to stay competitive with other manufacturers once they start getting serious with EVs. Um, and I think that that, you know, being serious uh, piece is really important because there have been a lot of unserious attempts by legacy automakers that, you know, haven't done well in the market because they just didn't take it seriously. So I recently had Jonathan Smoke from Cox Automotive on a Zoom call, and he was talking about EVs having about a 2% market share, anticipating three next year, four the next year, 5%. Slow growth. I mean, uh, as we sit here right now, are you surprised that it is as slow as it is, or were you anticipating that? You know, I... If you look at what happened in the pandemic, EVs actually did quite well compared to normal internal combustion vehicle sales. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's the beginning part of what's going to be kind of an exponential growth curve, I think, for EVs. And so, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how uh, it all comes together in terms of the sales uh, track. But I suspect that, you know, we'll be seeing double digit uh, percentage of EV sales here fairly soon. Um, They're just better cars to drive. And there are lots of, um, you know, competitive uh, EVs that are coming out soon that, uh, you know, people may want uh, to check out and, and find compelling to buy. Hey, just in our in our last minute, if someone's listening, and they've, they've been putting off maybe driving an EV, what what is what is the first step if you've never ever ridden in an EV? Go ride in one. Um, no, seriously, I go. You know, find a friend who has one. Go to a dealership, check it out. They are a lot of fun to drive. Um, you know, there is a really strong community of EV enthusiasts out there. Um, so online, you can find. Um, there's an EV club of the South uh, that has. Uh, lots of resources. Uh, if you've got questions, if you want to show up at one of their meetings and, and talk to EV owners, um, but but definitely check them out. Well, great being in your Polestar 2, Casey, and great having you as the co-host on the show. Yeah, always great to be with you, Tim. 
Hey, you can find us at Matters Radio on Twitter. He's at Casey Boyce on Twitter. I'm at Tim Eccles, and it is great having you along today. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Um...